That's so Dolphins is the way that we begin this Miami Sports Podcast. Will Matzo, Clay Ferro, Dookie Lang, and guys, it's the term that we've used so many times over the years that I had hoped to avoid a lot this year, but on Sunday against the Bengals in Cincinnati, it really is the only way to describe what we saw, what America saw, what Dolphin fans saw and cried about, and that's a team build a 17-0 lead and absolutely collapsed in the second half, and in particular the fourth quarter, Ryan Tannehill, uh, I, I don't even know how to describe how bad his play was in that fourth quarter, as well as an offensive line that couldn't protect or do anything. But the bottom line, guys, Dolphins are three and two, and that three and zero start that felt so good a couple weeks ago is is all gone. I, I would just like to start by going on the record: we all text each other uh, incessantly all day long, especially during big sporting events, and uh, the two gentlemen I'm speaking with uh, when the Dolphins were up seventeen nothing. Do you remember what I said? You said they were going to lose. Yeah. I said they were going to win only because, number one, is that's a pretty big lead, and their Dolphins defense was playing well, Clay. And number two is the Bengals were playing so poorly. Really, the only way the Dolphins could have lost this game on Sunday was the way they lost it, and that's almost like the Miami-Florida State game, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the pod, uh, where it was two quick turnovers and easy touchdowns for the team that was trailing. That's exactly what happened for the Bengals. It was the only way I think the Bengals could have won. Well, mistakes, and and that's where we'll talk more and, and break this down and get into detail, but I think the bottom line is if the Dolphins had just consistently punted, I actually think they, they would have had a decent chance to win this game, and especially when you go back to that third third and one play where Ryan Tannehill threw deep and and what happened on that play if you go back and you look at it clearly was supposed to be a sprint out to Albert Wilson they were going to roll out and throw it to him Wilson gets bumped off his route and yes little things like that happen throughout the course of a game and and yes it threw them off and all that but other teams don't compound the mistake by throwing the ball into their tight end's helmet, turning it into an interception the other way, a pick six, and then they don't sack fumble, let Sam Hubbard take it the other way. And this is the problem we've seen from the Dolphins the last couple of years is that one mistake turns into two, turns into three, turns into Dolphins. And that's the problem. And, and until you find a way to stop these things from turning into an avalanche, mm-hmm. you're going to see this over and over and over again where one step forward, two steps back. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, there at Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Guys, can I get something out of the way now? Instead of doing a breakdown of everything in the game, which we'll certainly talk about elements of the game, but let me just get this out of the way because I'm just so tired of people of, of hearing it. Ryan Tannehill is not the answer. I, I, I don't know why people can't figure that out. And that's why when people get defensive when I say that or when others say that, I'm not the only one obviously in town or that covers the Dolphins or even follows the Dolphins that says that, people try to make him out to be something that he's not when he started off in the first three that three and zero start a lot of it was just big plays you know, he had a couple nice throws to, to Kenny Stills but a lot of it was Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant taking one yard passes and housing him and it was great and his QB percentage his QB rating is 110 and he looks so great he's completing 75 percent of his passes all within five yards of the line of scrimmage but blah 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 and I, I kept telling people Guys, this is Ryan Tannehill. If you keep things simple and you don't put the game in his hands and you protect him, he he will be fine. He's a solid NFL quarterback. Nothing more, nothing less. But he was less today, though. Will. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. if you. But as I said, wait, when you have protection, he that's it. 
if you pressure him, put him in a situation where he needs to make plays, it's just not going to happen. We've had this for six, seven years, guys. This is nothing new. So to anyone who's telling me about turning corners and he's off to this great start, he's a different quarterback, that 9-1, and 10-1 stretch, oh, Adam Gase and Ryan Tanner working great together, they were beating crap teams. This is when you play quality teams. This is Ryan Tannehill. He's an average NFL quarterback. I'm so tired of people trying to make him more. And again, that's what he was on Sunday when he doesn't get protection. He's an awful NFL quarterback. Well, the problem is that people are so dug in on this stance. No matter where they are on this issue, some people think that he's just the worst quarterback in the world. He's not. And, and, he's not. and some people think that he's just really, really good and really, really close, and it's everybody he's else's not. fault. And, the, and all you – all you have to do is get on social media and just point out a mistake, a mistake that was so obvious. I got on and I made a comment about uh, somebody mentioned the offensive line, and I said something on Twitter. Yes, the offensive line was a problem, but so were the, the decisions the quarterback made with the football. Something that innocuous, and people shot back. How can you not just – it just shows how dug in people are on this stance that people who are Ryan Tannehill defenders – will defend throwing the ball off of a tight end's helmet that turns into a pick six. How <laughs> Only the Dolphins. If you are defending someone throwing the ball off of a tight end's helmet that turns into a pick six, step back and reassess what your evaluation is in general because no matter what, Ryan Tannehill is who he is. He is an average NFL quarterback. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to make some good plays. But if you want him to turn into a top five quarterback, then I got news for you. It's just not going to happen. Top 10, top 15 even. I, this is what he is. He's a, he's a third-tier NFL quarterback, and that's just the way it is. And you saw it. It's not just in his playmaking. It's decision-making. You mentioned the, the play there. Look, he got pressured. I get yes. it. Pressure happens. Throw the ball away. Or you know what? Take a sack. Like you said, a punt is a great play yes. when, A, you've got the lead, and, B, your defense is playing great football. Even the third and 17 where they were down three with three minutes left, you have three timeouts left. You're getting pressured. You've got nothing. You feel pressure. His pocket presence and awareness, which we've talked about forever, is still lacking. Throw the ball away or take the sack, whatever maybe may be, punt, and live to see another day. Let your defense trust that they can make a play and get the ball back and try to tie the game with a field goal with a minute and a half, two minutes left. But the mistakes he makes are rookie mistakes for a veteran player. It's frustrating. But you know whose fault this is, Dookie? This is not even Ryan Tannehill's fault. I blame the front office. Yes. Number one is you know what you have in him. You've seen it enough through film, through practices, through everything. And you know what you have, and you still don't protect him and give him the pieces he needs. The offensive line now is a mess due to injuries, but you still – you still didn't build it the right way. You still haven't and you still haven't made the right decisions to build around them to give him a chance to be a decent NFL quarterback. But number two is you haven't given him any competition. Any competition. This offseason, they had an amazing chance to go out and get a quarterback. They could have moved into that top ten, like the Cardinals. Be aggressive. Make a play. Like the Ravens. Go out and get a Lamar Jackson. What do they do? No. They they don't do that. He has no competition and you're stuck in in the middle of nothing. What do you do? He's your quarterback. Armando Seguero, who does a great job, Armando does a great job for the Miami Herald covering the Dolphins, has for 20 years. He wrote a column about, you know, what what the Dolphins quarterback situation is. And I love Mondo, but there is no quarterback situation. Ryan Tannehill's the starter. By default, no one else is going to be. Brock Osweiler? I mean, who's going to be the quarterback? David Fales? 
This well, I blame the front office. Well, it's funny you use the word fails. Clay was talking about mistakes, and I, I just started Googling. April of 2012 was when the Dolphins made the mistake. Um, that's when they drafted Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, when he first came in, okay, they talked about how he played wide receiver in college, and then he was converted into a quarterback. And everybody thought that was really neat and interesting because it just sort of showed you that – you know, he has this extra athleticism. We've heard that. The, the defenders of Ryan Tannehill will talk about how athletic he is, that extra dimension that he adds. He can do run-pass options. He could get out of trouble. But here's the problem, and it, it revealed itself on Sunday in spectacular ways, okay? I'll just say this straight up. I don't cheer for or against the Dolphins on Sundays. I watch them. I would prefer that they win because I, I, it's more fun to cover a winner, but they're— they're not my you're team. Ne- put it this, you're neutral. I'm about you're not a, being I'm a about, homer. No, I'm not being a homer or a, a hater. Well, no, and, and let me jump in. Let me jump in real quick on that because I think that's a great point. Because I think people are going to listen to the first few minutes of this podcast and say, "Oh, you guys hate Ryan Tannehill. You hate the Dolphins. No, you're railing against- them." Our jobs are more fun when yeah. this team wins. No, period. I, we I, like it. I would rather the Dolphins win a bunch of games, go to the playoffs, and be more interesting. Make our sports department more important. Get more people to listen to us, watch us, watch our sports social, which you guys should be doing every day at 3 30 i'm i'm all about it okay (laughs) normally my problem with dolphins games for the last 15 years is it is my job to watch them and they are dreadfully boring for some reason i can't explain it and and it honestly might have just been that i texted you guys when it was 17 nothing i thought they were going to lose i found today's game fascinating like you have to try very hard to blow a game as badly as Ryan Tannehill did. And this is not lazy analysis. This is not a case of like, you know, we always say the quarterback gets too much credit and the quarterback gets too much blame. No, your defense is playing lights out. Yes. You're on the road. You're up 17 nothing. Be smart. Just Be smart. Literally just do- all you have to not do is, it, is exactly what Ryan Tannehill did. And the funniest part is he not only does he have – the equivalent Clay sent us. Someone tweeted it was the equivalent of the butt fumble by him. The 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 off the tight end bounces up fumble. Then he's rolling with no sense of the pressure. Tries to heave it to God knows what. Gets stripped. Fumble. Nineteen yard touchdown. So not only does he give up two defensive scores, fine. He threw in another pick for good measure. I mean, it was that fourth quarter. Admittedly, was as bad as Ryan Tannehill is going to be, but. You can't have a successful NFL team when that is possible. Because even like sh- like everybody wants to focus on when he shines, but if your bottom looks like that, like Tom Brady's worst day doesn't look like that. Aaron Rodgers' worst day doesn't look like that. Drew Brees' worst day doesn't look like that. Eli Manning's worst day always looks like that, but somehow Eli Manning's he, every day looks so, like that. But somehow, but Wait. but but his knack, like that, was a spectacularly bad performance. I wasn't even mad at him. I admired how bad he played. I don't know if I've seen on the NFL level a quarterback with less pocket awareness, less game management, less decision making, less ball control. It was unbelievably fascinating to watch it was was a who's like if that were his draft tape he wouldn't even go to the cfl and yet you have people on twitter defending him listen 
He's he's a nice enough guy. He's a boring soundbite. He's never done anything wrong that we could criticize him for other than the fact that that extra sense that good NFL quarterbacks have, and I can name about 20 of them off the top of my head who have it better than Ryan, he doesn't have. And he singularly, one one dude, any other, Brock Osweiler, David Fales may not lose that game. They would have to well, the they would have is, to it's, give it's an, about it was making. it was amazing. No, it was, it was about amazing. Decision making too is like when to take a sack, when to throw away. These are things that NFL quarterbacks, especially starters for multiple years, know how to make. You mentioned Eli Manning. You mentioned veterans like that that stay in the league. The way they stay, in the, yeah, they make boneheaded plays. Yeah, they throw bad picks, but they also understand situations when it's okay to take a sack when it's okay to throw it away you see it every week in the nfl ryan Tenhill lacks these skills and when I, there's a rush coming it, when, hey it, there's a guy behind you about to knock the ball out it's it's frustrating it's hard to watch and here's the problem with it in a perfect world clay ryan Tannehill will get you like those first few weeks 23 of 30 230 yards you know 22 of 28 for 195 yards little dump off passes maybe now and then a guy takes a little shovel pass and goes 60 yards yeah you use your playmakers Albert Wilson Jakeem Grant but like we said last week when Bill Belichick played Tannehill a certain way and played the Dolphins offense a certain way opposing defenses figure this out they look at film from those first few weeks and say wow the Dolphins have played pretty well like what how, what have they done to get Tannehill time to find Even his little playmakers they've done it they found it what you said Clay last week which I thought was really smart is you said that that the Patriots provided the blueprint for how to beat the Dolphins, right? Mm -hmm. The play you described, the Kenny Stills deep shot, mm -hmm. which was supposed to be yes. a quick pass, that's the Patriots' playbook. Dolphins' playmakers are small. Knock them on their behinds at yep. the line, they're screwed. 100%. And that's exactly what happened. And, and yes. They copied the Patriots. They, so, they hello, did, the, and, the riddle's out there. And, by the way, let's also just say this. The offensive line's terrible now. It is a pass protection. Uh, but you know what on Sunday? They were running the ball okay. Frank Gore was running the ball well. Yeah, Kenny Drake was, was getting six, up there. seven yards of carry, and he went away from it. And so, anyway, I, I'm I'm going to to lower my voice. We're doing so since you're doing big picture here, Will, and we're talking about the front office. Enormous mistakes that this front office made, and one of them was low key. One that we've talked about quite a bit. It was on draft night, the first round of the draft. Chris Greer came out after the draft. And look, Mika Fitzpatrick, I think, is going to be a very, very good player in He's this league. Very solid He's already there. Yeah. Greer said they did explore trading up into the first 10 picks for a quarterback. The price was too steep. Meanwhile, we've seen a ton of teams, and the Chiefs really come to mind as a team that jumped all the way up to get a guy who right now looks like the best quarterback about in football. last year's Super Bowl champions? Same uh, thing. Yes. I mean, yes. You, got it. You, you can't get your next quarterback without either going out to get him or sucking really hard. And the Dolphins haven't sucked really hard for a while, so they've been in that middle ground, which means you got to get out of that middle ground and go make bold moves to get out of that and get elite superstar quarterbacks so that's the big mistake that we've discussed a bit here's the one we haven't the team restructured ryan Tannehill's contract in order to free up space this year to go out and get free agents so in other words basically compounding the problem even though it was done before draft night they went all in on Tannehill, not just for this year but moving forward had they not restructured his contract to make some free agent signings he would have been they would have been free and clear of him next year if they wanted to I think this number is right. I got to go back and look. Adam Beasley posted it today. I'll give him credit. Ryan Tannehill's cap number for 2019, 26 
million dollars. So what you did to try to free up space to go and 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 put some duct tape on some of your problems for this year <laughs> was you committed yourself to Ryan Tannehill moving forward. So essentially now, it's not just this year Dolphins fans, I hate to break it to you, but this is something you're going to have to deal with for another year. And the reality is this too, you know, NFL quarterbacking is such a a, a lost art that teams are going out there and getting these new breeds of quarterbacks. You mentioned the Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Uh, look at what Sam Donalds looked like. Josh Allen, Josh Rosen have all had some success early in the careers. Granted, they're going to go through ups and downs because that's what young quarterbacks do. Jared Goff, keep going. Jared, Jared, but look at Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. These quarterbacks, this new age of quarterbacks, guys that can move and make plays and that are smart playmakers, decision makers, you don't just find those guys just out there. So when you look at the Dolphins situation, you know, you mentioned Eli Manning. We talk about the Giants all the time being Giants fans. And you talk, you look at other NFL teams that have quarterback questions. There are no free agents next year that you're just going to go sign as a quarterback. There are no enticing free agents. The Saints made the move to get Teddy Bridgewater. He was the one guy that maybe was out there that you can make a move for. Uh, there, And it's unless you've got a top five, eight pick and you're going to make that bold move to get into those picks, you're not really going after a quarterback class, which, by the way, doesn't look as strong as this year's class, which was supposed to be one of the best in years. And on paper and so far, even in action, looks that way. So, again... What is going on with this front office and these decisions? Here's the bigger question, guys, and this is big picture stuff after five games, and I understand they're three and two and they can turn things around, but this front office may not even be the one that needs to make that next decision. Well, and I think that's part of the problem right now, too, is you're going to have to hit a reset button with this entire thing, and let's just say hypothetically that it is at the end of this year because of the restructuring of the contract guess what? You're going to have to come in again next year and make this whole thing happen. Now, there is this 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 new money thing in the NFL where so many teams are successful right now. Eagles, a great example. The Dallas Cowboys, up until the last couple of years where the offensive line fell apart. but um, And then, then the, uh, the, the Rams are another example of this, where you get that quarterback really high in the draft, cheap rookie contract, and you're able to spend a lot of money around him. Well, you have to get that quarterback. And, yes, the Cowboys got Dak Prescott later. Carson Wentz, number two pick. Jared Goff, number one pick. The Pat Dolphins Mahomes, are in. Chiefs were aggressive, got on yes. the top. Deshaun Watson, same thing. But the Dolphins are in that state of purgatory that they're always in. They're not going to finish 3-13. and 13. They're going to finish somewhere between 6 and 8 wins, and they're not going to be in the position in a weak quarterback class to get anybody that's going to be the guy moving forward. Can I blame someone else since, since we're blaming a lot of people? Okay. okay, I'd like to blame someone else. I'd like to also blame Adam Gase, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to blame Adam Gase. Oh, he deserves some. Adam Gase has an unshakable irrational belief in Ryan Tannehill, which I believe is based in ego, which is I'm the quarterback whisperer. This guy has the goods. Yeah, I can does make he have him any other choice. Dave? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. What? I th- what? Uh, here's what he could have said. He could have said this off season when the Dolphins decision makers sat down for their powwows and they realized that they had a top 15 pick and they realized there was an opportunity to move up. He could have said, look, this guy's okay. He's coming off knee surgery. He's missed. He hasn't played in what? Two calendar years. He's all right. We can do better. Let's push him. Let's let's go get someone I who's think they young. To. I think they wanted but to the draft. Adam, I do. I think they wanted. But Adam they, Gase needs to needed to speak up and voice this. This I came here to win Super Bowls. This ain't the guy who's going to win me Super Bowls. Okay, because if if we always talk about Tannehill's strengths, if ever there was a game that was suited towards his alleged strengths, it was Sunday. He didn't have to do anything other 
then be aware of what was going on in the field. Be aware of the situation. Time, score. Your defense is playing great. And, and if you listen to Adam Gase after the game, you would think that Laramie Tunsil was the greatest offensive lineman in the history oh, yeah, the, of yeah, the game he, fell apart Laramie, Laramie Tunsil became Tony Baselli this after it was amazing uh, he described he said well you know guys are doing great and then you know Laramie went down and and you know every it just every, everything went sideways I, I Laramie was the problem last season all of a sudden he's he's the great solution and I mean well I mean it, it hurt when he went out I can't I can't I'm not saying I'm not impact, saying I'm not but, saying he's Bad but, necessarily, yeah, but the, but it wasn't. I mean, wasn't the he wasn't the that iceberg way. that sent down the Titanic. No, they, they, okay, if you take away any of these plays that we just talked about. The Dolphins win the game. Everything that happened for them to lose happened, as you said. Uh, by the way, if you happen to want a car, our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Look, we could talk about Tannehill all day, and, and the reality is we're going to talk about him every week. Because he is the Dolphins' starting quarterback. There is no quarterback controversy. There is no drama. There is no decision-making for Adam Gase. The Dolphins put themselves in this mess, and now they have to try to get themselves out of this mess, Clay, with a very, very good Bears team coming to town with an elite defensive superstar. A quarterback, by the way, taken in the top five. A good young quarterback. Taking what, number two overall? Mm -hmm. Being aggressive, taking a quarterback, building around him. The Bears traded up for him. For Mitchell Trubisky, and people question that. And guess what? Six touchdown passes the other day, a big start this year. I, I would say that Bears fans are feeling pretty good about their future with that, but whatever. Uh, point is, you've got a very talented team coming to town. You have a Dolphins team that is beat up in a number of ways on the defensive line, on the offensive line. Teams are starting to figure out how to, how to play them. Uh, Adam Gase, for some reason, thinks that Frank Gore, as good as he is, is 25 and not 35, and he doesn't want to use that, uh, Kenyon Drake, even though Drake averaged seven yards a carry. I don't know where this team is going. I don't want to say the sky's falling because they're 3-2, and two, and they very well could be 5-2 and two if they beat the Bears and Lions, two very winnable on-paper games. But it wouldn't shock me at all if they're 3-4 and four in two weeks and we continue this conversation. And, and I don't even know. Last week, by the way, I said I thought they would lose to the Bengals and come home and beat the Bears because we were saying, all right, what are gonna what's gonna happen in these next? And I said they'd lose games? the next three. I, I think you did, and and I I think it's looking more likely that you're going to be right. I the problem I have with this entire thing, guys. By the way, even at the ceiling, even at the the very best that could possibly happen with this Dolphins team this year, the very best is still purgatory and seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and, and, and seven. You yeah. know, it's the worst place to be if you're an NFL team. And Dolphins fans, I feel so badly for you because it is literally where he have lived ever since Dan Marino hung up his cleats. Yeah, and, and I blame myself. My first year, Channel Ten was Dan Marino's last year. Well, and, and see, so well, I when just, I when I got here, when I got here, LeBron left. So I think you, you and I are the you, problem. And that's you're why. Heat purgatory and, and I Dolphins guess. purgatory. I, I keep refreshing. Wade would be more likely to leave because of you because you attacked him with a camera many years ago. This is true. This is a different story we have to tell sometime. But you guys think that you guys think that there's, there's no reason why it's just random that I sit here and spend 20 hours on my phone all day waiting for this Jimmy Butler trade to happen? No. I feel like it's my fault that LeBron left. That's a different story. That's a different story. Um, we'll you, 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 you know Jimmy, Butler, Jimmy Butler's not LeBron, Don't right? yeah, Facts. Facts. Right, One guys, is like the best. 
best player in the game, and the others going back to Dolphins. I'm done with the Dolphins. Okay, then we can move on. But but that this is my problem with the entire thing is even if we're going to sit here and and break down wins, losses, the rest of the way, it's going to equal eight wins or fewer, or or five wins or more, and we're going to be in the exact same place that we have. Same conversation, and and it was you know we were all excited about the start only because the Dolphins had a little bit of a formula going, play defense. Don't turn the ball over. Don't have penalties. Have sound special teams, and just keep it simple for Ryan Tannehill. And that blew up in their face this week because they played defense. They had the you know, blocked field goal. They had the, the defense played. For a touchdown. Think about all the injuries. Yeah. Defense and, played great, and yeah. yet the offense exploded and, and and imploded. I should say under Tannehill, and it's just the formula is not going to work. There's, they don't have the personnel for this to work. It would be great to see it. And by the way, as much as good as the defense has been. You know this isn't lasting 16 games. This defense is is put together right now. It's it's taped together. God, those guys are playing hard and playing well. But they are. There's only so much that defense can carry them. And I don't know how much longer it'll last. The Bears coming to town next week. The Dolphins at three and two. All right, let's talk some good uh, Canes college football. We saw against Florida State on Saturday. That wild comeback. What did we learn about the Hurricanes, Nikosi Perry, and this team? If anything, is this team? a team that's on the rise and all of a sudden you feel good about them? Or is it just, man, they almost lost to Florida State and needed a crazy comeback. This team's not as good as maybe we wanted them to be. Remember the last time that they were nearly a two-touchdown favorite taking on Florida State and uh, the final score of that ball game and, and how they ended up winning it? 28-27 to and they had to come back to do it? It was 2002. That, 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 that year team, worked that out okay, was, right? That team was number one in the country, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and that's <laughs> – no, and, and you're right. This team is not near that team. I um, I think the point, though, is I don't take much out of a close game against Florida Especially State. Especially your as far rivalry as, game, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to look at this game and say, oh, well, uh, Miami isn't as good as we thought they were. I, I do think there were some some issues in this game that I think they're going to get get resolved moving forward. I think Nikosi Perry is the right quarterback right now because I think his ceiling is is higher. He certainly made the plays. His ceiling that he is definitely the to. roof. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there you go, Michael Jordan. Um, <laughs> Where's that North Carolina education? I I do want to see what happens when he hits a hostile environment, and and there was no doubt that that game the other day. It, that Does team Virginia really, count? Does that Virginia count? Uh, no. No, it seemed pretty hostile around the third quarter at Hard Rock when it was twenty-seven-seven. Yeah, 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 fans look pretty angry. Well, <laughs> if you've uh, if you've ever been to a game at UVA, it is the world's biggest library, and fans go outside and they drink wine at halftime, and many of them don't come back. That's wow. that's not a joke. That that's well, actually you would know. what happens. Yeah, you would know. Um, I actually grew up to going to some games in Charlottesville. Charlottesville's lovely, isn't it? It, it is. It's actually a beautiful hilly area if you go if you like that the uh, uh, the nature and all that good stuff. But uh, back to the point. Um, <laughs> I, I, I Virginia Tech is the game that you look at in the schedule, and uh, I know they lost to Notre Dame on Saturday night. There were some things about that game that you look at. You're like, man, I, I, that team has another gear that they can get to. And if that game happens to be at night against Miami. I want Nikosi Perry to be able to get some experiences between now and then that's going to get him prepared for that environment because, frankly, we that team needed the turnover chain to come out on Saturday in order to beat Florida State. They needed that energy. They needed something to kind of click things in the right direction. They were flat. I want to see what happens moving forward, if they can generate that themselves because they're going to need it when they go into the hostile environment in Blacksburg. Yeah, I think we, we saw a team that – we know what their formula is. We talked about the Dolphins' formula earlier. The Canes' formula is simple. They, when they f- 
have the turnover chain come out and they cause turnovers. They feed off that. They call it a magical power. You know, they 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 really believe that. And I have to admit, after seeing the way they played on Saturday, and it did feel magical. It felt like wow, they're going to win this game by this turnover chain coming out by creating these turnovers. That's a great formula when it works. It's an awful formula when you don't turn the ball over, and that's the unfortunate part. Can the Canes continue to turn the ball over so much over the final five, six, seven games of the season into bowl season, into whether they play in an AC title game again? That's to be seen because that's their formula to win. But Nikosi Perry's formula is he's just got to relax. And I think in that first half, it was clear that the stage was a little bit too big for him at that moment. But in the second half, not that he was a lot more accurate, but he did make some big plays the past. The, the throw to, De- to Brevin Jordan was a dime. He had a throw over the middle of the field, too, in between two defenders. That was a dime. The one that Jeff Thomas was yes. his best play I of the night. I mean, that was a beautiful throw right down the middle of the field in the only spot that Thomas could have caught him, caught it. And I think his ability to run, his ability to scramble, you see the package there. But again, until you play these big games, and Clay referenced that Virginia Tech game, we won't know. But I will say this. That in a win, it's great to learn a lesson. Nikosi Perry got an ultimate lesson in a rivalry game at a big stage, having to make big plays, and he passed it. A big reason why the defense making plays, but he passed it, and he'll have some more tests over the next few weeks. I'm excited. I, I you know, I have some Canes fan friends who text me and, oh, this is wrong with team, and that's wrong with the team, and FSU so bad, and only beat them by one point. First of all, you always have to appreciate a win over your can, rival. I just, can I sign okay? up now to beat FSU okay, by because one point for the next 10 years? Because I'll sign it right now. Let's give Mark Rick some credit. He beat FSU back-to-back years. Before he got here, they hadn't beaten them at all seven, since, seven, since seven, 2009. Yeah, yeah. And seven, then they hadn't won at home since 2004. Okay, so that's, a, what, seven seven times to South Florida where FSU had won, including the block at the Rock, et cetera, et cetera. So Miami won. Let's start from that. I was listening to Manny Diaz, uh, defense coordinator on the radio, and I'll just let his point speak for itself because I think it's a really good point. He said, and and the only the only dispute I would have with it is the first opponent I'm going to mention was a little better. But he said, essentially, the LSU game and the Florida State game were the same game. Defense came out, was playing relatively well, a lot of mistakes, big deficit. Against LSU, they did not respond well to adversity. And it became 33-3 to very fast. On Saturday, it was 27-7. And rather than freak out, rather than make mistakes, the team grew up. And the team understood that there was an adversity. And turnover turned into touchdown. Turnover turned into touchdown. Will, you asked, is this a formula that can continue to work for them? I think that I think it is. I mean, if you look at if you look at the players that they have on defense now, compared to the players that they had on defense three years ago, four years ago, they're starting to look like they're loaded with NFL type players. That defensive Their defensive line. line oh, yeah. I mean, Gerald Willis is ridiculous. Garvin is ridiculous. Shaq Quarterman's awesome. Jaquan Johnson was all over the field. I mean, they well, have Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson they have NFL players throughout their defense. We thought Joe Jackson was going to be the best guy on that defensive line. He may be the third best guy on that defensive line. The next step. Okay. So, so the step that they've taken already is if you look at that starting defense, they're damn good. And they're, they're the better ones. And there are, there are NFL players on that starting defense. First round NFL. First round. First round. Okay. So that's, that's step one. That's why I believe that they can compete for an ACC championship this year. I think that, that, that depending on how that Virginia tech game turns out, 
If they win that game, they're going to the ACC championship. We'll see what happens if they play Clemson. I don't think they're necessarily going to catch Clemson, but I don't think it's going to look like last year. The next step, when, quote-unquote, the U will be back, is when the athletes that come in off the bench for the Canes start looking like the guys who are on the field. By the way, a lot of them do. They're they're getting 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 closer, but it used to be the, the, the freak athletes that you were seeing on the field were there were waves of them there were three of them so if you have someone like Nikosi Perry who's developing there's two or three quarterbacks just as good as him right behind him nipping at his heels on offense defense you special look, you teams look, look you look at they're they're getting they're getting closer and closer but FSU FSU is not as bad as everybody they're bad Okay, they're and and the reason that they're bad. I think they're back is a new system. It, I that's think it. That's it. They, all, they also played their best game of the year. They right? did. By it, far. It's, and it's, they've been getting better the last. But it's few weeks. it's a it's a mismatch. It, there is current as it as it is constituted right now. There is a mismatch between the way that Willie Taggart wants to play and the personnel he has. That gap is going to close more and more and more as he brings in his own players. Okay, but they are not bad players on that team. Oh. So that it was a competitive game is not embarrassing. That Miami came back down three touchdowns and won that game speaks very well to the rest of the season the only issue i'll take with what manny diaz said and and heaven knows heavens knows he he knows a lot more about this than i do lsu had a quarterback and an offensive system and and players that that uh when things started to get bad they could turn the tide and and the bigger issue is miami is still a much much different team at Hard Rock Stadium than they are anywhere else in the country. And that game against LSU was in a place where there were a lot of Canes fans and give them a ton of credit. I heard some people that were the game, and Will, I think you can back this mm-hmm. up, maybe even a 50-50 it was split. Close. It was pretty darn close. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. Great job by Canes fans. Let's see what happens in Blacksburg. Let's yeah. see what happens at Boston College. And those are the two that I look at in the schedule, and I'm like – Man, they're going to face some adversity where the turnover chain is not going to be able to do the job, and let's see what they do. I'd rather have Nikosi Perry than Malik Rozier, and I'm not. Well, that's, that's, I, 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 well I, I don't necessarily know, and this is something I, I, I tweeted. I've been thinking about: Does Malik Rozier win that game on Saturday? And I know that Nikosi made a lot of mistakes early on, and I know that he wasn't on, and there were some incompletions, but. The throws that he made, the upside, the four tu- – if you just look, if you only yeah, watch the four touchdown. touchdown passes that he threw, they were strikes. Yeah, no, they were – they, they were – I mean, he knows how to use it and he's confident. Good decisions. And, yeah. He looked – he he looks, looks the like a, uh, he looks like a leader. Yeah. He, looks like, he looks like he has a good sense of the field. He looks like he's got a big arm. He looks like he has touch. He's just inexp- – what was that, his second start? His second start. I yeah. mean, to me, you know, it's 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 – I think about that LSU game, and I think, you know, the Canes knew Nikosi wasn't going to be available. I'd be really, really, really interested to see what the Canes would have looked like if the circumstances hadn't been as such, and if Nikosi could have taken the job over in, say, July and had that opportunity. Well, yeah. I don't think they would have beat LSU. I still think LSU wins that game, but I think they would have responded a little differently because look at how they responded on Saturday. Okay, so we took care of the Dolphins, we took care of the Canes. I would talk Jimmy Butler, but since anyone who listens to the pod knows we taped this on a Sunday, this Jimmy Butler saga is likely going to end this week one way or the other. The, the Heat's regular season opener is right around the corner. 
you're talking less than 10 days when we release this pod. Uh, all the reports from Woj and Shams and, and, and locally and nationally about the T-Wolves playing hardball and the Heat getting sick of this. Look, something's going to give soon enough. If the Heat happen to make a move for Jimmy Butler, we will do a special pod during the week to discuss that move and to discuss the ramifications of who leaves, who comes, who goes, what it means for the season. Because next weekend, we were planning on doing a Heat beginning of season pod anyways uh, for for the following week when the Heat open the regular season. So I'll just leave it at that. The Jimmy Butler news hangs in the balance. We're all waiting. There's no sense breaking it down any further because, as we know, this could change at any moment. So Miami Dolphins, they go on to play the Bears next week at home. Canes hit the road to Virginia. We'll wait on Butler news. That is your Miami Sports Podcast for this week. We'll end it with the same words we said to start it. That's so Dolphins.